Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You are tuning back into the MD's Fantasy Football Show here on the East Coast at 11 a.m. on Friday. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and I went back across the pond for the second week in a row to get us another guest, and now we have Mr. Richard King, or Rich King as he prefers, of King Fantasy Sports. Check out kingfantasysports.com. You can always follow him on Twitter, at kingfantasy underscore sports. I highly recommend you guys check this guy out. He's one of the best in the industry. Rich, thank you so much for coming on to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, it's Friday, so nearly end of the week. Uh, means that we've got Sunday to look forward to, um, which is is good. So got a weekend with the kids first, and then uh, then be right back into it. That is that is all to say. You got a nice weekend lined up. I just got more shows to do apparently here. Uh, <laughs> what we got going on today, of course. We got the Thursday night recap. We're going to talk about the late window of Sunday games, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game. And to kick off the show, we'll talk about the injury updates from yesterday's show, which you can always go back and check out on your favorite pod streaming app. We're available to you on iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever. Of course, you can always check us out on social media where we're streaming live now at MDFF Show and on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to the MD's Fantasy Football Show when you get the chance. Uh, Rich, I think we, I guess we can't bury the lead here, right? Christian McCaffrey, the hamstring, we just have to kick off with that, even though we'll talk about the Thursday night recap in a little bit. They called it a strain, so that leads me to believe it's not a full pull, but probably will still miss at least a week or two. In my mind, I would imagine, and barring something catastrophe, uh, catastrophe happening, Juba Hubbard's got to be the number one pickup heading into next week. Yeah, 100%. Um, with a hamstring injury as well, the thing I'm worried about is even when he returns, we're not going to see the same workload for him. Um, so I think Jabba Hubbard will definitely be the number one pickup for everyone. So if you haven't blown all of your fab already on uh, on Elijah Mitchell, right? Uh, then uh, time to use the rest of it on Jabba Hubbard. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and this is why you don't... If you can help it, you don't want to use 100% of your fab on any one particular player unless it's just, you know, a gold mine and you're in the playoff stretch. My advice was to give about 30 to 40%. That was probably a little bit too low because at that time when we did that show, it was just before the news that Raheem Mostert was going to be out for the year. We were still operating with the idea he'd come back in eight weeks. But this one, 
goes with the same line of thinking as that original thought was, which is, look, McCaffrey's not going to be out for the year with a hamstring injury. Now, to your point, maybe he's not going to be as involved when he gets back. But hope, here's my hope. They learned their lesson from last year, or at least McCaffrey learned his lesson from last year with the calf injury. Do not come back before you are ready. And the one thing I've seen so far this season, which was they came in with the idea they didn't want to give him all the workload, but couldn't help themselves. Because as we saw last night, even against Houston, their offense is just not the same effectiveness without him, even though Chuba Hubbard had a decent game. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, the thing is, when, when you're talking about an elite talent like Christian McCaffrey, it's very difficult to not give him the ball. Um, you know, typically when you have a, a running back that, that that is that good, it's difficult to not give him the ball, um, especially when he's such a good receiver as well. I think, yeah, it's, it's, a, it, it's one of those things where you need to make sure that he's okay. I mean, you've invested a, a lot of money in him. And you need to make sure that he's 100% before he returns to the field, because otherwise you're going to hurt yourself a couple of times. Yeah, without a doubt. We actually had a question in here from YouTube. The end, because I got the E and three H's and then the ND. Any suggestions on how to trade CMC or they put an asterisk trade CMC plus Chuba? I guess they have both and they want out. I, I wouldn't. I don't wouldn't want out of this uh, unless you're getting, you know, a huge return. Um, they didn't really specify whether this is dynasty or redraft in, in this trade scenario. I'd have to imagine if, if it is dynasty, you better be getting multiple first round picks an RB one back in return. If it's redraft, I don't know what, because it's a hamstring strain. We might be only talking about a one to two week injury. I don't know what you're getting back in return. That's going to be favorable to you unless it's Derek Henry. Yeah. In a redraft league, um, I'll just hold. Because there's, as you say, I don't think I'm going to be getting anything that's going to be remotely close to what he's going to be like. And it's not like with Hubbard, you haven't got a starting running back. He's right. going to be the starter for that team, regardless of if it's top end or not. He's still a starter. Uh, in Dynasty, as you say, you need to be getting multiple first rounders. Uh, you're talking about a, a PPR machine, essentially. So, yeah, he's a big, big offer. But I think, I think I'd just stay pat if I was this listener i mean on the flip side if you're trying to trade for cmc and you're in a league where you know people are like oh he had the calf injury now he's got the hamstring oh he's injury prone i'm done i'm over this you know okay fine send a few offers if you want to just to see if they'll bite on something low but i'm not gonna go crazy go get them either because we still don't know all the de- at least not right now we don't know all the details yeah i think the only the only way i think you could maybe do it is if you've got a team who's re- really really only got a shot this year um, you know, I'm I'm thinking let's go real extreme. So in the super flex league, they've got like Tom Brady and Ben Rufflesburg or something, another old QB. So they've literally got this season to really go with their shot and they had CMC and he's gone down. Then I'd maybe be looking to try and make an offer with someone who can give them immediate production now so they can continue that uh that championship pursuit. But yeah, don't go crazy with it, don't overreact. Yeah, exactly. That's the big thing. Don't overreact. It's the big, that's the best thing you could do in fantasy football is not overreact. Uh, some other injury updates from the games we talked about yesterday, which, of course, was the early Sunday games. We have, for you, I guess they're not so early, but <laughs> uh, we had uh, uh, Marquise Brown. He did not practice. Antonio Brown is still dealing with the COVID situation. In his situation, you know, yes, he's vaccinated because he tested positive. You got to test negative once within a 24-hour period, test negative again, and then you can play. 
it's going to be hard for him to do that by Monday since he's not a contact. He actually tested positive for it. So I would have other players besides Antonio Brown. I still have my rankings as of now on BillyFantasySports.com. That probably will be changing as we get more updates uh, and more official reports coming out later today. Saquon and, and Kenny Galladay, a lot of people were freaking out about this yesterday, that uh, they were very, very limited in practice. It was raining here on the East Coast quite a bit. The Giants sometimes don't always practice indoors. So kind of keep that in mind. I'm not worried about that. I expect them to be able to go this Sunday. They've been off for an extended amount of time with the 10 days. I think they'll be okay. The other guy I'm watching for, Deontay Johnson, he did not practice. Look, I don't think Deontay's going to play. I don't think he should play. I think if you're a Deontay Johnson owner, you just got to be thankful it didn't want to be a severe injury because that did not look good last week at all. And then Higgins has not practiced the last two days. He might be out. So bump up Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd's target share if that winds up happening. And Carson Wentz still has not practiced. I'm anticipating to see Brett Hundley, Jacob Easton, some combination of the two, making the Tennessee Titans a streamable defense, actually, this week, believe it or not, after what we've seen the first two weeks. But uh, any of those injuries standing out to you, what do you think? No, I mean, when you, when you have veterans that aren't training, I'm, I'm not really overly worried about it. I mean, yeah, the likes of Saquon, especially for Barkley, I'm really not worried about that. Um, Kenny Galladay, I'm maybe a little bit worried because it's first season in that offense. But if it wasn't, then I wouldn't be wouldn't be worried about it at all. Um, the Carson Wentz situation is a little bit disappointing because um, I had him as a late round QB in a couple of leagues. Um, That's so fine. I'm a little bit disappointed. Yeah, a little bit disappointed with that. Um, I also love Michael Pittman. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, and he can't. I mean, outside of John, I talked about this yesterday. Outside of John Taylor, I don't think he can play anybody. I think we might be losing you, you know, a little bit. That's a good week. Can I, uh, the combination Colts. I think we might be having some technical difficulties there, Rich. Uh, can you hear me? All right, well, while we try to get Rich back in here, uh, we'll just kind of go through. We'll take a quick break, come back on the other side. we got the Thursday recap for you guys. So stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. More to come right after this. Your client's going away for 10 years. Unless. Unless. We swap first round picks. Fantasy football draft season is upon us. It's time for you to put the PP back in the PPR league. With the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, just launched the new Performance Package 4.0. Don't neglect your balls like the Packers' front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. This will help you tame that Troy Palomalu in your pants. And good news for our international listeners. Their life-changing products are now available in Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. All with the 20% off and free international shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY today. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back, MD Nation. You are on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. You're watching us live on social media at BellyUpMDFF Show and on YouTube, the MD's Fantasy Football Show channel. I have 
Rich King from King Fantasy Sports here. I think we got some things ironed out. At least it looks like you're moving around again. You're not frozen anymore. Hi, are, you good, are you good, Rich? Maybe not. I'm going to guess not. I, get, I think you're not hearing me. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Let, 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 uh, g- give, me, give me two minutes and sort of something out. All right. Well, while you do that... Let's go ahead. I'll start recapping the Thursday night game. We'll get Rich in here as soon as he's good to go and talk about last night's game. So we talked about with Christian McCaffrey, you know, his injury. Uh, There was other injuries. J.C. Horn has going to sounds like he's got a broken foot. He's going to be out for the next two to three months or so. Uh, Not that that's fantasy relevant, but he was an up and coming young rookie, the number one draft pick for the Carolina Panthers. So that's going to be big moving forward. When you go and play it against the Panthers, it's going to be a little bit more weak in the secondary. So kind of keep that in mind. And that played well for Brandon Cooks. I mean, he was having a good game regardless. But that's, I think that's the biggest takeaway from the Houston Texans. There's only one guy who is fantasy relevant to begin with, and that was Brandon Cooks. And now you know that with Davis Mills in there and not Tyrod Taylor, it does not change a thing for Brandon Cooks. He gets targeted no matter what. And now you know for sure Mills is good enough to get Cooks the ball. 11 targets in this game, 9 receptions, 112 yards. I expect this to continue. I wouldn't say Cooks is matchup proof, but because of his role in this offense, which is pretty much he is the offense, and this team has to be able to come back from behind there <coughs> excuse me this team has to be able to come back from behind they're going to be able to do this all throughout the season uh let's see if we can get rich in here still working on it yep no i think i'm here now all right we got rich back in all right so i'm talking about brandon cooks houston texans he had a big game last night there's a lot of questions is davis mills going to be able to be good enough to at least get him the ball, keep him fantasy relevant, because that's all I really care about on the Houston Texans anyway, because nothing else is fantasy relevant for them. Showed that he was able to do so. He had a huge game, over 100 yards, nine receptions, 11 targets. What was your takeaway from Brandon Cooks last night? I think it's, as you said, he's the only only really fantasy relevant option there. They're looking to get him the ball as often as they can. So even if uh, Mills isn't actually a good QB, which eh, not sure, it's not, We've not seen enough to really know yes or no. Um, the volume that he'll get in terms of targets means that he'll still be viable as like a wide receiver three or a flex option. Um, I, I think given given the Texans' offense, I think it's still a little bit limited in terms of like the pure upside. But yeah, uh, as you said, it's the only only real part that you'd, you'd feel confident in in having on that team. Yeah, and at least, like I said, you can feel confident moving forward, too, because whether it's Mills, whether it's Tyrod, he's going to get his work share pretty much no matter what, making it, making him almost matchup-proof in a weird way because of the game scripts that are going to be in for most of the season. Uh, I actually do need to hit this because it was one of the players that we talked about. Breaking news. T. Higgins did suit up for practice today, so he didn't practice Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday. He does sound like he's going to practice today, so that's a step in the right direction for him. Follow us on social media at Show. We'll keep you up to date as we get more developments around that. Uh, in other parts of this game, again, we'll talk about Chuba Hubbard. He looked, he looked good. Uh, he had an efficient day on the ground. He is fast. He's best when he gets to be in those outside zone runs, which is no surprise with the speed that he has. He struggled a little bit whenever they tried to run it up the A gap or B gap between the tackles. That's going to continue to happen 
Royce Freeman will have somewhat of a role in this game, but he is clearly, to me, at least after watching last night, behind Chuba Hubbard. So I'm not worried about this being too much of a committee. I mean, Hubbard's not going to get the workload that McCaffrey was getting. Make, make no mistake about that. The only thing I would be a little bit concerned about, because we did see a little bit in last night's game, does Royce Freeman wind up with the red zone carries over Chuba Hubbard? So how do you see this moving forward, assuming we have McCaffrey out for a couple of weeks and we're looking at Hubbard, we're looking at a Royce Freeman? I think Freeman's going to be that guy that uh, is just the ultimate vulture, isn't he? He's going to get those those last couple of touches in the red zone, and that's going to kill kill fancy owners left, right, and center when they see, as the team gets down into the red zone, they see Hubbard come off the field. But I mean, part of that might have been that they didn't want to over overwork Hubbard and then have to just rely on Freeman because, being frank, he he wasn't good enough to be the um, the Denver Broncos running back uh, way back when, and clearly did not do enough for the team to retain his services. So I, w- I would say Hub- Hubbard's probably, yeah, he's going to get the workload that you need for him to be probably a solid kind of, I mean, he's still a starter, isn't he? A decent offense. So probably like an RB2 kind of option for you. So uh, maybe with maybe some flex weeks, but I, I think that's kind of where we'll see. Royce Freeman, he's going to be a thorn, but he's not worth picking up. I don't think he's going to get a lot of the carries in this offense. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, by the way. Uh, I'm right on board. He's going to be an RB2. Royce Freeman will probably get some red zone carries, which will be annoying. But just look at the snap count last night. Hubbard played 40 snaps to Royce Freeman's 11. I mean, there's a big disparity between those two guys. I'm not. I'm just not worried about it overall. DJ Moore did get banged up a little bit in this game, but he was able to come back in. I'm not too worried about the long term. He had a great game. Eight catches, 126 yards on 12 targets. Terrace Marshall gets five targets. Robbie Anderson gets two. I've been on this train all even before the season started. Don't draft Robbie Anderson. If, if now you have Robbie Anderson, try to get rid of Robbie Anderson. I told you to trade him after the week one. He's not going to get targets with Sam Darnold. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore switched roles from what they were a season ago. DJ Moore is running all the routes that Sam Darnold is going to target on a consistent basis that he has targeted throughout his entire career, which is intermediate to short. That's where he's going to operate. Terrace Marshall, because he's lining the slot, is also operating in that area of the field. The only one who's not, Robbie Anderson, going back to his just big play guy. And if you remember, everyone's telling me how great Robbie Anderson was with Sam Darnold. And I, I, I don't know where they're getting this from. He had a few big games, but outside, in between those big games, he was useless for fantasy football purposes. In fact, I would go as far as to say this about Robbie Anderson. Prepare to be flushed. If you need to drop him, I think you can. What do you break down with this Carolina wide receiver group? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think <clears throat> out of all of them, Anderson's the odd one out. It's the same um, it's the same kind of situation that we have in Detroit. I won't even talk about that right now, but same similar situation. Is you've got deep threats that they're not used by that Q, that QB that doesn't feel comfortable using them. So for me, it's DJ Moore and uh, Terrence Marshall, uh, Robbie Anderson. He, as you said, he had some big games in New York, but they were typically you know kind of three four catch games where he just catches a bomb and it just increases his box score if that's not going to get it done for you each week uh if you're in a best ball league fine you can you you don't have to worry about that that big week when he's going to get that catch but i'd much prefer either of the other two options um because that that's just going to give you consistent volume that you can rely on upon yeah totally agree uh sam darnold had 
two rushing touchdowns in this game, so his fantasy box score is going to look great. He was a streaming option against Houston because it's Houston. And they have a terrible schedule. I think Darlton is going to continue to put up decent production until about halfway through the year. And then they started to actually play some playoff teams after that. So what's your takeaway from Sam Darnold thus far? Do you think this is what we're going to continue to get? Or do you think he's going to get come back down to reality once they pl- start playing some tougher teams? I think I think he'll come back to reality. I think right now he's... It, I mean, we might see that he's actually started to learn the offense so it doesn't drastically fall off. But I mean... I wrote in week one in my waiver wire article that the the opening schedule for the Panthers was actually really quite nice. So he's got some nice, easy kind of matchups. Um, I, yeah, I'm not expecting long term success for for Sam Darnold, particularly for fantasy, as you say. He was viable in this game because Houston, but that schedule tightens up. Um, yeah, from about like halfway. So. Don't yeah, and I, I wonder how effective those uh, read options at the red zone are going to be moving forward. It's not Christian McCaffrey that everyone's selling out hard on to try to stop in that area, too, which is not just this week, but last week is where he's kind of picked up a couple of these rushing touchdowns all of a sudden, which has boosted his value at this point. I want to get another word in from another sponsor of ours. When we come back on the other side, we're going to start to preview the late slate of games on Sunday. So a lot more to come here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Stay tuned right after this. The NFL is back in action, and so is winning season at MyBookie. With over $500,000 in contest prize money, winning season makes the big games better and the victories even sweeter. Head to MyBookie.ag and choose from a variety of boost contests and promotions up for grabs, highlighted by the crown jewel of winning season, the famed MyBookie Super Contest. And it only costs $10 to enter. Pick five games against the spread each week. Each win earns you a point, and each point gets you closer to the grand prize. If you missed out on week one, don't even sweat it because entries are still open and all it takes is one solid week to get you back in the mix. Don't just take my word for it. Join now and start your winning season with MyBookie today. In order to get you started, make your first deposit at MyBookie.ag and use promo code MDFANTASY to instantly receive double your deposit. That's double your money to double your winnings with your first ever deposit using promo code MDFANTASY. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, MD Nation, we're back. We're back on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. You're watching us live on social media at Show or on the MD's Fantasy Football Show YouTube channel. I got Rich King from Fantasy Sports, or King Fantasy Sports, excuse me, on the line. Make sure you check it out, kingfantasysports.com, a must-follow on Twitter, at kingfantasy underscore sports as well. I want to go ahead and get this first game out the way because from a fantasy perspective, there ain't going to be much to talk about, at least not on one side of the ball. That's the New York Jets, the Denver Broncos right off the top. There is literally not a single Jet player I have any interest in playing this week that includes Corey Davis against this, what I think is going to be an elite Denver defense by the end of the season. Is there anybody on the Jets that you have any notes for whatsoever? Oh, by the way, James Crowder is probably not going to play because he has a step back in practice too. Uh, No, I think for me, it would be Corey Davis, if I was in a really deep league, but outside of that, nah, no, thank you. Oh, it's just, it's just awful. I thought, I thought they had a chance to be competent with the new coaching staff, the way they were moving, and that just, that has just all blown apart, fallen apart with Makai Becton. And I have no idea what Lafleur is trying to do out there. There, you, you can only rotate players when you have depth. When you don't have talent, you don't have depth. Therefore, you can't rotate players. Pick your favorites, pick your best, play them. That's just my two cents. But anyway, let's go to Denver. Denver has a lot more to talk about. Denver has a lot more to be excited about. 
I got Melvin Gordon is as my top 20 running back. I have Javante Williams at 29. The reason why I have Melvin Gordon nine spots ahead of Javante is because he's still been more involved in the passing game, even though Javante's still been a little bit ahead in the playing time overall and snap count and carries. Uh, first of all, I think you can play both of them. Where are you at on Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams for this game and, and for the rest of the season, frankly? Yeah, <clears throat> the the way they're splitting that backfield is is nearly 50-50. Williams has got the edge uh, there, but as you said, Melvin Gordon's got the... Um, he's getting more of the receiving work. I think that we, we could, we're probably going to see that for, for the majority of the season. We might, <clears throat> towards the end of the season, we might see the team phase out Melvin Gordon with it, with his contract situation, just to see a little bit more of what they have in Javante Williams and if he can take that workload. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. But I think you, you, you could play both of them. Um, if you have both of them, it, you know, if you're in a dynasty league and you have them, I think they're both very playable, particularly because of this matchup. Um, if I had to choose one, I probably would choose. I'd probably choose Javante Williams out of the two. But I mean, it's really, really close. So I could argue it either way. Yeah. And then, like I said, it's just the passing work so far is kind of favorite Gordon. It's the only reason I went with him a little bit higher in this game. But I think rest of the season on a week to week basis with all, you know, all matchups being equal, you know, moving forward, they're both RB3s. They're both flex plays. And then they have some of these games where they had the Jaguars last week. They have the Jets this week where one of them will probably get inside my top 24. And that's kind of have to play it out. Melvin is an injury risk. I do think at some point, Javante Williams will get the opportunity to take over this backfield. So don't fret if you, you know, if you drafted Javante Williams with higher expectations, if you did that, you hopefully you did so with the idea knowing that it probably wouldn't be till the second half of the year where he really hits where you want him to. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a streaming quarterback for me. He had a nice game against Jacksonville. I see no reason why he can't have a nice game against New York Jets. QB 15, a streaming option. I still think you have better options to go out there since it's not a bye week and there aren't too many quarterbacks that you're leaning on that are hurt. But Again, nice option here. Maybe a DFS option is contrarian play. Uh, have you liked what you've seen out of Teddy Bridgewater within this offense thus far to really maintain the rest of these guys the rest of the season? Yeah, the thing with uh, Teddy Bridgewater is, for me, he's had a bit of criticism with the schedule uh, in that it's not been the hardest opposition, but you can only beat what's in front of you, right? So and right. so far, he's he's looked good. He's looked composed, which is actually... One thing that I think this offense really needed was you needed like a, a Drew, like um, Teddy Bridgewater, Kirk Cousins, that kind of just steady hand. Drew Locke was winning them some plays, but he was giving up massive uh, interceptions at bad times. So between you needed something that was a little bit more conservative to to keep these guys going, and I think that with Teddy Bridgewater, they've certainly got that guy who's going to be consistent. I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Drew Locke was too inconsistent, too all over the place. This team has everything in place. They just need a quarterback to basically, you know, to use a, a basketball reference to play point guard. 
Just give the ball up to the guys where they need it in space. That's all. That's all you got to do. I think back because Patrick Summers, the offensive coordinator. I think back to the Minnesota Vikings when he had Case Keenum and he had Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. All he did was just make sure he got the ball to his weapons when he needed to, and he wound up having such a great season that the Denver Broncos signed him to a stupid contract the following year. I think something similar could be happening here with Teddy Bridgewater under Pat Sherman with all these weapons. Speaking of the other weapons that he's been throwing the ball to, Cortland Sutton came back in a big way last week. He's got a nice juicy matchup here against the New York Jets. I'm aggressive on him. The target share is getting consolidated his way without Jerry Judy. I got him at wide receiver 13 heading into this week, so a very high-end wide receiver, too, and I wouldn't be surprised if he cracks the top 12. I'm not that high on Cortland Sutton this week, but that's, that's fine. I, I, I always still have this um, this hidden unrequited love for Tim Patrick. He just always seems to appear at the, at the worst of, well, the worst of times for Cortland Sutton, at least. So well, he's... Yeah. Um, yeah, he's still um he's still in, going to be involved in this in this offense, but I mean one receiver here is going to go off. I mean it could even be Noah Fant. I know we haven't talked about tight end yet, but the way that they're using Noah Fant is essentially as a wide receiver as well. With Jerry Judy out, then yeah, the the, the targets are mainly going to be going to those two guys. I think Tim Patrick will have the odd uh the odd little magic play, but there we go. Yeah, I mean, well, Tim Patrick had the touchdown last week, and he's let Cortland Sutton go off. I, I agree; they'll they'll get worked in. Pit, uh, Patrick comes in at wide receiver fifty one for me, so he's a wide receiver five. If you need a spot start, he's got potential for a touchdown this game. T- moving to Noah Fant, Noah, Fant, I love the targets. I love the targets he actually got in that first game when Jerry Judy was still out there. They're looking for him more than I thought they would. I was a little bit worried about Fant and where he was being drafted at, considering the amount of weapons this team had. Now, Judy going down certainly consolidates that. But even that week one before he did, Noah Fant was almost going toe-to-toe with Judy as far as targets are concerned. He's getting utilized. He's my tight end eight. I think he's just a top eight play every single week. Yeah, I, I definitely. Um, with the target share that he's getting and the tight end position being what it is. I mean, you've right. got those those elite elite few, and then you've got the those touchdown-dependent guys, which... They're great when they're firing. Like you feel like you know you've you've somehow found a, a cheat code. But I'd much rather a Noah fan who I know is just going to get solid production week in week out than a guy who's going to spike. Yeah, and uh, there's one thing I have to get used to saying. It used to be like, oh, outside the top four tight ends, they're all the same. I don't care. This year, actually, I think we could say inside the top eight. I think there's a top eight group of tight ends that are pretty solid from week to week. And then after that, it gets to be all the same where they're all streaming. But I mean, you have your top three and in, in Kelsey and Waller and, and George Kittle. And then you have a mixture of TJ Hawkinson and Kyle Pitts. And I know Mark Andrews has been great yet, but he's right there. I'm not losing confidence on him. And you got Gronk and you got Noah Fant. And those guys I expect to be pretty consistent all throughout the season. So I think we actually have eight tight ends that we can count on to be decent. And then the rest are the same. What do you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree entirely with that. I think there's, yeah, there's there's that top tier. Then there's a couple of guys in that middle tier, and then yeah, you've got you've got Gronk, who seems like every week I keep thinking, now nah, he can't keep scoring touchdowns and be fantasy relevant. And then every single week, it's just oh no, okay, score again, no worries. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I think outside of that, then you're just you're ro- rotating, streaming in and out. I think that that's well, how I'm viewing yeah. it. 
No, agree. Yeah, well, Gronk. I mean, four touchdowns in two games. Uh, what I've been more surprised about about Gronk, of course, the touchdowns are surprising, but I've just been surprising in that offense with that many weapons. The target share he's had the past two weeks has been a bit yeah. surprising. Has been a bit surprising to me. And we'll, we'll we'll talk about that game soon. Uh, I want to get to the Miami Dolphins and the Las Vegas game. We'll start on the Dolphins side of the ball because we can pretty much abbreviate that because two is going to be out and Jacoby Prusak is going to be in, and as a result. Kind of like the Jets. It's not quite as bad, but I don't want to touch a Dolphin if I can help it. Uh, all three receivers coming in in my 50 range. Will Fuller's 50, Waddle's 56, Devontae Parker 59, Miles Gaskin 36. So he's at the very low end of my RB3 when it comes to 12-man half-point PPR leagues. And uh, I'm just not excited about anybody in this group. Mike Kosicki's well outside my streaming range. Is there anything of the Dolphins you think you can play without Tua Tagovailoa, or what's something you're looking for set out there to maybe give you some confidence moving forward if Tua is going to miss multiple weeks? Um, I don't really have that much confidence if Tua is going to be missing multiple weeks, unless Brissett manages to, to somehow find um, some magic that he had in in spells when he was in Indy. Right. Uh, I think the only option that I'd actually be really kind of confident playing would be Jason Sanders at kicker. Because I think you're going to see a lot of drives stall out, and that's that's about it. Yeah, and I think the question is going to have to be how many drives you're going to see. There wasn't one drive against the Buffalo Bills uh, a week ago. But yeah, it's it's just a shame. Hopefully, two will be back soon because there is some fantasy talent here to be had. I'm I'm not dropping anybody. I mean, if you have Fuller, I'm standing strong. Waddle standing strong. Uh, Gaskin standing strong. If you want to drop Parker, I think you can because I think the return of Will Fuller is really going to kill his value, even when Tua returns. Uh, but I'm not going to drop anybody. I'm going to wait for Tua to come back because there's fantasy value to be had here. We move to the Vegas side. I have Derek Carr at QB19. I recognize he's been very, very good the past two weeks against two very, very good defenses. I do consider the Dolphins still to be a very good defense, although they're going to have some struggles because of that offensive side of the ball. I know I might be a little bit too low, but I had a harder time getting him higher than that this week. Raiders might not have to do as much through the air against the Dolphins to win this game either. So kind of going into my equation there. But where do you have Derek Carr this week? And is he, a, I mean, is this guy really a top-end streaming option, top 12 quarterback the rest of the way? I, I can't imagine he is, but what do you think? Not the rest of the way. I mean, I think he's going to have a spot start. So I, I'd be okay streaming him in the, in this um, in this game. I think where you can really see his value and where, you know, I, I've certainly been picking, well, putting him in my lineups uh, is in Superflex Leagues. Uh, where you're looking that much deeper. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm, I've, I've been pleasantly surprised by the Raiders' offense, to be honest. I thought that they were really going to struggle this season. And so far, they, they've looked competent, which I think is the biggest compliment I can give them at the moment. So I think you can stream him, but if, there are better options out there. I'd, I'd, like, I'd prefer Teddy Bridgewater to Derek Carr, I think, this week. Yeah, as do I. You and I are the same way when it comes to the Raiders. I, I came out on the Tuesday show and we did the waiver wire report and I said, look, I will give the Raiders credit because I, I bashed them all summer long. So I wanted to give them some credit because they beat two tough AFC North teams. I don't want to be like I wasn't recognizing that they didn't do that. However, in my heart of hearts, I still don't believe that this team is actually going to be an above 500 or borderline playoff team by the end of the year. I feel confident in saying that they're going to be, you know, seven and ten or eight and nine or less this season. Uh, it's still don't, look, efficiency-wise, that running game is still non-existent as far as efficiency-wise because that offensive line is bad. What's been surprising is Derek Carr for the past two weeks. He's been aggressive. He's been able to get the ball out. He's been able to put up a ton of yardage with minimal weapons. 
But that's the other thing too. Outside of Darren Waller, there's not a receiver I trust on this team either. So I just don't buy into that this team's going to be uh, way better than we thought they were. I will say this, that defense is not as incompetent as I thought it was. And I think that's been the biggest difference as to why they've been able to be a surprise the first two weeks. But fantasy-wise, it still stays the same for me. I mean, I have Kenya Drake inside my top 36. I have him at 34 this week because of his involvement in the passing game. But that's it. I mean, he's a low-end RB3, even in the absence of Josh Jacobs, who, by the way, is expected to miss again. I mean, he hasn't practiced the last two days. I know he was out there in a red non-contact jersey the other uh, yesterday, I believe that was. But he still went down as it did not practice for the day. You're not expecting him to play. Peyton Barber comes in off the street and gets handed 13 carries and he's going to get the red zone looks and he comes as my RB 42 on the week. Uh, for me, Kenyon Drake was actually a droppable player. Not necessarily, not necessarily this week while Josh Jacobs is out, but when Jacobs comes back, the one of the big things I thought Kenyon Drake had as far as upside was that Jacobs goes down was he's going to look at the full workload. Now we know that's not that's never going to be the case. If you're willing to bring Peyton Barber in off the street and hand up 13 carries, you're never going to let Kenny and Drake have the full workload. So where are you at on Kenny and Drake rest of the season? How much do you want to roster this guy? Yeah, that's that's what you said is exactly right. I mean, I'm really confused about what the Raiders were doing with Kenyon Drake. They paid him a lot of money, considering that they're not going to be putting him out on the field. Seems absolutely absurd to me. So um, I'd 100% agree with what you're saying. I think. If, if you were thinking that Kenyon Drake was worth having on your team because he was going to get the workload if Josh Jacobs did go down, well, you've just had it confirmed that that's not the case. So outside of really deep PPR leagues, um, yeah, I think you can drop him. I think there's some, probably some better shots that you can take on the wave of a while. And just to illustrate my point once again with the Raiders wide receivers, I know Ruggs had the big game a week ago. Uh, he's still my wide receiver 61 coming into this week. You're not playing anybody. Just one good game does not suddenly erase the... You know, uh, inefficiencies that he's had and then it's never been easier to communicate with people but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on here's a simpler solution with call meet and message all in one app ring central makes communication easy with all that connectivity in the palm of your hand you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat because when it comes to communication simple is better Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Uh, Darren Waller's my tight end too, which I think is pretty straightforward and pretty simple. So let's let's move to the top game. Let's move to the game that's going to be most exciting on the week. Tampa Bay, Rams. Very excited for this one. I, I mean, for you, are you going to stay up and watch this whole game on Sunday Live, or are you going to have to go back and rewatch it again the next day? So I, <clears throat> I'll probably have to go to bed, and then uh, I'll, I'll watch it the next day. So I, it's it's... Okay for me though, because I kind of stay away from everything in the morning, and I'll just uh, I'll bring it up and just have it on. So I think that that for me is probably one of the games of the week. I think these two teams we could be seeing seeing a preview of the NFC Championship game. One hundred percent. We should we should be seeing a preview of the NFC Championship game. Actually, while we're on that subject, before we get into this, though, I want to ask you: What is it like out there in the UK when there is a London game, and, and you know you guys are playing on your time, and it's a big event? Like, what, what, walk us through it. What, what is that like? Because I mean, we don't, I don't know. Most of the listeners probably don't know. So <clears throat> the games when they're over here, it's more of a carnival atmosphere. So you'll have um, everyone just wearing jerseys of all all different teams. So you'll you'll see thirty two different teams the jerseys. Um, it's just really a big social event, um, almost with a game thrown in. So the sport over here is growing, um, but typically it hasn't been that it wasn't that popular until the game started coming over on a more regular basis. 
Um, and now it's just about I, I catch up with people that you know I chat with online and things like that. So it's quite a nice like community atmosphere, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's being Brits, being Brits, there's a lot of drinking involved and uh, attempting to be as American as possible with like chili dogs and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's fun when they did the. Uh, they would have been really early morning kickoffs for you. So then when they had the four games, uh, I used to not be a big fan of that because typically um, I wouldn't get the, this is such a first world problem. I wouldn't get the network coverage on my mobile to be able to set my lineups based on all of the injury news. So that was a bit, bit of an issue. So I used to sometimes have my wife and this is the dedication that I'll show you to my leagues. I used to have my wife sat at home and I'd phone her and get her to tell me the injury news and then her to set my lineup. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and good on your wife for being willing to help you out. Cause I'm pretty sure if I called my wife, she'd be like, what? I, no, <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> that. That is, that is all. No, it's good to hear the sports growing over there. I mean, I, there's a lot of people over in the UK that I talk to now and uh, have a real, have a, you know, a real fanhood for, for the NFL. So it's exciting to see them, especially, uh, especially for you. And, uh, I mean, last week I had Murph on from Five Yard Rush, so like you guys are really, really popular, and uh, I, I hope that keeps increasing for you guys too. Let's get into this game, though. I don't want to keep everybody else waiting because this is the big preview matchup. In short, if you have a fantasy relevant player on either one of those two teams, you play them. Now, I will say this: this game, in my mind, could go one of two ways. It could either be a shootout because both offenses are really, really good. Or we could see a struggling defensive battle because both defenses are also pretty good. And this is a game in which there's going to be high intensity on both sides. So what's the game flow you're expecting out of this? I think you you say, so it's going to be one of those two extremes. I think, I think <clears throat> the way that I see it panning out is I think it's more likely to be a bit of a defensive struggle to start. And then I think you'll start seeing the offenses uh, maybe progress in the in the settle in, in. The second half yeah so i think um tom, tom brady's too good to not make adjustments that that's my take he, he's a coach on the field isn't he so he's too good to not make adjustments and i think he'll find a way to get things moving matt stafford as well is an upgrade over jared goff at least he doesn't see um you know he's not like a deer in headlights with a pass rush so i mean both of these offenses are both really exciting you've got top defenses this is why for me this is the game to watch as you said if you've got someone who's remotely fantasy viable in this game plug him in and just hope it goes to your guy right exactly i mean there's so many weapons on Tampa bay now again antonio brown at this point very much considered a long shot to play we don't have a ton of detail we probably won't until about uh four o'clock there's uh, over here in the east coast at some point when we get the last practice report out that's when the, that's the last report we're expecting to hear before they travel tomorrow as far as did he test negative by any chance. Considering him a long shot to play, if he did play, I have him ranked at wide receiver 34 right now. So again, I just I would plug and play him, but don't anticipate him doing that. Have other options available to you. Uh, if he doesn't, that'll boost up Mike Evans and Chris Godwin's target shares a little bit, uh, maybe even Grom Krakowski to some degree. But I do have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both as top 24 receivers, both as wide receiver twos that could really have bigger weeks. The big thing I'm going to be watching for, though, is Jalen Ramsey. He's been playing not really necessarily on the outside and shadowing. He's been kind of playing 
from that star slot position and operating in and out there. They kind of Raheem Morris has built an entire defense around Ramsey actually playing more in the inside part of the field. So there's a chance here that Chris Godwin, not Mike Evans, is going to wind up getting the Jalen Ramsey's shadow, in which case I love Evans for a touchdown here. But how do you see that breaking down between that secondary and that wide receiver matchup? Trying to guess Tampa Bay's uh, wide receiver that's going to go off any given week is uh, is pretty difficult. I mean, if I was going to go with one, I'd probably go Mike Evans, as you say, just because even if he does get that uh, special attention from Jalen Ramsey, Mike Evans is such a physical being that I think he can deal with Ramsey to a degree. So if I had to choose between the two, I'd go Mike Evans. But I mean, I think you might see Jalen Ramsey being moved around to uh, just try and quell different players at different times. So well, I, I guess we'll see. But Mike Evans would be the guy that I would prefer to start over Chris Coffin. Or it could wind up, you know, with Brown being out, could wind up being Scotty Miller. Who knows? Oh, I mean, yeah. But if you have a Tampa Bay wide receiver, you you roll him out there every single week. You ride with him. Uh, Rob Gakowski is a tight end six for me. You're playing him, obviously, the backfield. So I think there's actually some reason to trust Leonard Fournette. And I haven't been about trusting this backfield at all this season. But I think there's some reason to trust him. After the last two weeks, Ronald Jones, whether it be by fumble or missing block assignments, has found himself in a doghouse two weeks in a row. Giovanni Bernard has not established himself in that James White third down automatic role out there. Maybe he will at some point this season. But I do feel like if that was going to happen, it would have been starting to rear its head by now, and it hasn't been the case. So Leonard Fournette comes in at RB32 for me. I think he's just... Not expecting a big game out of him, but I think he does have a safe floor because he's the only running back who's allowed to run and catch the ball, and he's playing the most snaps right now. Where are you at on Leonard Fournette? Yeah, <clears throat> I think you've said it quite quite well there. I think the only running back that I would trust on his offense would be Leonard Fournette. Um, for me, it's actually more because of the, his involvement in the red zone. So um, you might have seen on King Fancy Sports, we've um, we've got a red zone tool. So you can you can sort uh, the touches that they've had in red zone, and Leonard Fournette has had more touches than any of the other RBs in, in that area. In fact, he's one of the leaders in the league in terms of uh, usage in that area. So for me, <clears throat> if I'm looking at a running back and I'm not sh- quite sure, I'm always going to if if it's really really close on other areas of the field, I'm always going to lean to the guy who gets the touches in the near the goal line because we've seen you get one touchdown that's worth sixty yards. So um, yeah, as you said, London Fournette seems to be getting his usage as well. So he would be the guy that I'd have. I wouldn't be expecting a big week from him and I wouldn't be relying on something from him. But if you are in a kind of do or die matchup, Leonard Fournette's a type of dice roll you can have because if, we, if we're talking next week and he scored a couple of touchdowns and you know run for you know 60 yards, I wouldn't be surprised. I could see it happening. So that... Would Ronald Jones have that? I don't think so. And that's ultimately why I'd go with Fournette. Yeah, I mean, rest of season, I, at this point in time, I still consider this to be a volatile situation. However, I went to the, you know, in the offseason, I kept saying, you know, if something shakes out, there might be some value here. It looks like it's starting to shake out with Leonard Fournette being the guy. So there will be some value moving forward. I think he'll consistently be an RB3 until we see something different. But Ronald Jones is just, I, they're not looking to play him like they were at the beginning of last season. I don't think this might be the, you get this game, you get that game, you know, inconsistencies that we were having a season ago. It might be going towards Fournette. So something just to keep watch for rest of the season value purposes too. We go to the Rams side of the ball and Henderson dealing with the rib cartilage injury. 
McVay still seems to still be holding out hope that he's going to play. I'd be shocked. I don't know how much I want to play a running back against the number one rush defense who has very hurt ribs, which I mean, when you have hurt ribs, it hurts to laugh. It hurts to breathe. It hurts to be alive. And you're going to go out there and be tackled by the number one rush defense in all of the NFL. So I don't know. I don't would not play. If you have Darrell Henderson, even if he's active, I wouldn't play him. I, I wouldn't. I'd have him outside my top 36. And the same thing goes for Sonny Michelle. If Henderson doesn't play and Michelle is the lead guy, I don't want to play Michelle either because of this rush defense. We've seen top running backs do absolutely nothing against this team. I think it's going to be an all Matthew Stafford throwing the ball around type of game. But, I mean, do you have more confidence than I do in this backfield at all? No, I think <clears throat> you've said it quite well there. I think Daryl Henderson, you know, last I checked, you need to breathe in order to run, right? And if it hurts to breathe, even if you're wearing a flak jacket, which is no doubt what we're going to hear, he's going to wear a flak jacket and you know, he's going to play through the pain. I don't care who you are, when you get that first massive hit into your ribs, nah, don't want it anymore. So you might you might be really frustrated. See, Daryl Henderson's going to be active, think, oh, slotting him to my lineup, not a problem. And then he lasts like a quarter before he's out for the game. So uh, Sonny Michelle is worth some he's somewhat interesting but i think you're right it's going to be matthew stafford moving the ball through the air um so yeah when we said start any fantasy relevant option maybe don't start the the rams running back but uh, right. outside of that i think you're right i think you'll be okay but you can throw on this Tampa Bay defense. So that's where I do get a little bit excited. Matthew Stafford, one of my must starts of the week. He comes in a QB eight for me and both wide receivers, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. And I know Cup's been great this year, but Woods too. I have them both inside the top 10. Rob, Cooper Cup at number four, Robert Woods at 10. The targets have been there for Woods. I know he hasn't had the big gaudy games Cup has had the first two weeks, but the targets have been there. The snap count's been there. He's playing just as much, running just as many routes as Cooper Cup is to this point. It's just a matter of does the ball go his way that game or not, or does he have, the, I should say, does he have the big game that they are not? This very much sets up to be a game which both of them can have huge games, but I think Robert Woods is going to get on the Spock score in a big way for you guys this week, coming at my top 10 wide receiver. Where are you at on Stafford and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Yeah, I think <clears throat> Stafford has is, is already cemented that relationship with Cooper Cup. Now, the thing is with Robert Woods is he's not being used in and around the red zone, whereas uh, Cooper Cup is. The the thing is, Robert Woods, he's he's not a bad receiver. You don't become a bad receiver, you know, from the ability he showed last season to to now. He's not a bad receiver. So I think you'll see with, with the volume that I'm expecting, I think you'll see that he'll have a have a decent game. Because this Tampa defense as well, it's it's too good to realise Cooper Cup Cooper's just getting all of the attention and for them just to 
go all that way and then Stafford will just say, okay, well, my easy pass is to Robert Woods, who's still not a bad receiver. So I think this might be a bit of a get right game. So if you've if you were a Robert Woods owner and um you've been worried, then I think this would be the if he doesn't do it after this game, then I it, well, depending if it be, if it becomes a defense defense on defense thing, then don't worry, there'll be another game. But if it is a shootout and he doesn't get the ball this time, then I'd start be worried. But I think this would be a get right game for him. Yeah, I agree with you. And even the first two weeks, even though he wasn't putting up the numbers of Cooper Cup, it's still like it wasn't bad. He was putting up solid numbers. He wasn't losing you your week, which is where I get the confidence of like that's the worst we're going to see of Robert Woods. I feel pretty good about what we're going to see for the rest of the season too. I also have Tyler Higby making my top 12 at number 12 on the dot tight ends this week. So I do still have him as a tight end one. Again, he's getting all the playing time. I know last week he was kind of left out a little bit, but if this is going to be a throw it around game. I think even if it's a defensive struggle, the Rams have to throw the ball to move the ball at all. I think Higby's going to get involved here too. So I think he's a top streaming option for me this week. Where are you at on Tyler Higby? Yeah, I think he's a, he's a streaming option. I mean, it, it, as we said um, with uh, Noah Fan, outside of those top kind of eight guys, you kind of make an argument for a lot of players. So I think Hig- Higby should um, be seeing a decent volume this uh, in this. How much the Rams are likely going to have to pass the ball? Just uh, just to go back to what you were saying about the Robert Woods Cup situation, it's one of those situations where when you're in a. So I'm going to give you a real life example, and I always talk about food because I like my food. So it's like if you're out and you order a burger, you're happy with a burger, but if the guy next to you orders a steak. Now you don't feel so good about your burger, right? right? That's kind of how I view it. Now, I mean, that's that's the perfect analogy. That is the perfect analogy. That's the perfect American analogy, too. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do take a quick break. Come back on the other side. I want to get the word in from our sponsor. We still got more games to talk about. We got the mailbag segment at the end. So we got a lot more to talk about the MD's Fantasy Football Show. So everybody stay tuned right after this. One of the best sponsors of the show is named Symbol. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L. Symbol, where Wall Street meets sports gambling in this innovative app. The Symbol brings the fun of being able to play for the long term by purchasing, selling, and trading stocks of your teams. When your teams win, you win a payout. Well, when they lose, you don't lose money the value of your team share is all that matters and it's easy to use just download the symbol app on your play store and use the promo code mds fantasy for a ten dollar deposit of at least ten dollars or more join the fun of investing in your team for the long haul where the sports book edge is put back into your hands as the player for the latest and most fun in sports gambling, download Symbol and again use the promo code MDS Fantasy for your ten dollar deposit bonus today. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Welcome back in MD Nation. You are listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on social media at Billy Up MDFF Show on the MD's Fantasy Football Show YouTube channel. And of course, you always catch us after the facts on your favorite pod streaming app, iHeart, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, wherever. We're everywhere. And tonight, we'll be on from 6 to 7.30 on the Unhinged Radio Network on unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Uh, before we continue on with our preview of the late slate and the primetime games, I actually have to hit this drop real quick. Breaking news. So I did forget at the beginning of the show to mention the Ravens have a player who has con- uh, contracted COVID. They haven't released that player's name yet, so we don't know. 
a lot of people are speculating, is it Lamar Jackson, even though they came out yesterday and said he was dealing with a stomach flu that had nothing to do with COVID. Lamar Jackson back in the building and practicing. So that should squash any ideas that it was Lamar Jackson who had COVID-19. We still don't know who that player is, but it wasn't Lamar. So breathe easy. If you have Lamar, breathe easy, Raven fans. Okay, now we got that out the way. Let's talk about the Seattle-Minnesota game. It's not going to be as great of a clinic as the Tampa Bay Rams game, but we might have another shootout on our hands. Just be just as exciting, especially for fantasy football purposes. Let's talk about the Minnesota side first because we got to talk about Dalvin Cook. He has not practiced the last two days. He is that one player that if he he could go the whole week without practicing and still suit up and get 25 carries on Sunday, it's just hard to know exactly what's that's going to break down. Hopefully, he has some activity today. But what's your confidence level with Dalvin Cook going into this week if he does play? Or what's your confidence level with Alexander Madison if Cook can't go? I think I have the same confidence level uh, regardless. So I think Cook, I think, will will play and he'll probably see a, a decent workload. Like, I think he might be in for a bit of a work workload, which is maybe why they're not uh, putting him out in practice as much. Like, give, give him a bit of rest in the week and then, then let's go on Sunday. Um <clears throat> we saw exactly what um, Derek Henry could do to this uh, this Seattle Seahawks defense, and uh, you know, felt a bit bad for the defenders at times when uh, you got a guy that 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 big running at you. But um, I, I think we'll see a similar kind of uh, workload for for Dalvin Cook. I mean, the Seahawks basically just the uh, Titans, sorry, gave them the the, blue, the blueprint to to how to have success against Seattle. So um, I think if, if Cook doesn't suit up, then I've got confidence in Madison to, to just do the same. But whenever I've said that, that's always when you used to typically get a Mike Boone week. So uh, I don't know who the third string running back <laughs> is now, but yeah. You know, well, be a Amir Adula. Um, I, I think, I think we'll be, it's gotta happen. Matt, Alexander Madison is a good running back when he's out there in you know spelling for Dalva Cook, I have to imagine one of these times when he goes in there and actually starts for Cook, not only will he be able to stay healthy himself throughout that game, but he'll actually be able to have a good game. I do believe that could happen here. Yeah, if, if Cook doesn't play, Madison's a must play. Maybe he's not an RB1, but he is an RB2 for me at the bare minimum. Dalva Cook's my number three running back on the week in spite of this injury. First of all, for a few reasons. Right from the get-go, Mike Zimmer kept calling us. It's a minor ankle sprain. It's a he's been downplaying this ankle sprain for the entire time. So, one I could take out of that is it's definitely not major. I can I can I can take that with some confidence. But with that, and then you followed up a couple days later with his comments of if Dalvin Cook's out there, he's our guy. He makes our offense run. He's going to get a full workload. We won't limit him at all. Mike Zimmer is feeling the heat. They are 0-2. They underachieved last year. He knows he's got to win. He's got to turn around this season. If Dalvin Cook can go, I'm not worried about his workload getting limited in any capacity. And after watching Derrick Henry, not that he's the same type of runner, but we know what Dalvin Cook can do. He's my number three running back, regardless of his injury. I'm not worried about it in case anybody else was. Kirk Cousins is a streaming quarterback for me. He comes in at QB 14. He actually finished, I believe he finished at QB six last week, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in a what could be a similar game script, another shootout type of ball game. And when you have weapons like Jefferson and Thielen and emerging star in KJ Osborne, apparently, yeah, Kirk Cousins can have good games. We've seen him do it. This is another one where that very well may happen, especially in Minnesota. So if you're looking for a streaming quarterback option out there, you don't like your matchup, Kirk Cousins is a way to go. Yeah, the only thing I think Kirk Cousins would probably have been picked up already. Um, so you might have missed your shot with him. 
uh, if if you don't like your matchup. But if he is out there, then yeah, definitely pick him up. I think he's going to be. I, I think he's going to be in for a good week. You know, with the the condensed uh, target share that he has going to Thielen and Jefferson and the new guy on the street. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> this this offense is actually really really good. I used to always be down on the Vikings offense, but it seems like it's actually kind of firing now. So uh, that's good to see. Uh, and same same for Seattle as well. Uh, I'm, I'll let you start off with the Seattle preview, but. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for both parts, to be honest. Yeah, well, just to hit on your Minnesota point, their the offense is firing off because that defense didn't improve. Apparently, it's still just as bad. So because they continue to be bad, the offense actually has to have more volume in the passing game, be more aggressive than I think Mike Zimmer would typically like it to be. But as long as this continues to be the case for that defense, and I think we'll see this week. I think Anthony Barr comes back. He's a big thing. He's he's a big reason why they've had no pass rush up until this point. So we'll see if that changes anything. But because this defense isn't very good, there's a higher volume than you would typically anticipate for a Minnesota Viking offense. I think that's why you're seeing all these guys fire off. I think that's why you're seeing room now for K.J. Osborne who comes in at wide receiver 41 for me this week. I think he is a boomer bust play in what could be a high-scoring matchup. He's probably going to be a favorite DFS play of mine as well. And then, of course, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I have him at 14 and 15 back-to-back, Thielen being a little bit ahead because he has had the touchdowns to this point. But, of course, they're all must plays. Let's dive in the the, uh, Seattle side that you wanted to get into here. Russell Wilson comes in at QB2 for me right off the top. Uh, you got to love the matchup, and the only reason he's not number one is because I got Patrick Mahomes against the Chargers in number one. I mean, that's that's the only reason. Uh, this, I think, is a get. We talk about Robert Woods getting right. I think it's a get right game for DK Metcalf. I know he's been he's been overshadowed by Tyler Lockett, like Robert Woods was overshadowed by Cooper Cup, but similar to that situation, a similar offense because you got Shane Waldron who came from the Rams to begin with, but B. He's been running just as many routes, getting just as many targets, and it's still a consolidated 1A, 1B situation where either one of these guys can go off. I have them both inside my top 10. I have Tyler Lockett at wide receiver 3. I have DK Metcalf at wide receiver 7. I love this, and I think the DK Metcalf outers out there, I think this is a good get-right opportunity for you because Patrick Peterson, he can't hack it anymore. Where are you at on these guys? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly where I, where I am. I was on a I was on a DFS podcast earlier this week where we were talking about Metcalf and Lockett. So I'm 100 on that on that uh, train. I think Metcalf is too good to be the player that we've seen on out on film and you know out on the field at the moment. So I think this will be a get right game. I think Russell Wilson will try and you know show him a bit more love than than he has uh, in the last couple of weeks. And uh, I, I I see this being a shootout. So I don't want to start either defense. Um, but all of the offensive pieces that are relevant, get them out there and you know have some fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Get as many. Look, this is one where you want to play Wilson and Metcalf and Lockett, and you want to throw Gerald Everett into your lineup as a cheap tight end streamer option. Just go ahead, go for it, because you're going to probably be on the way to winning in your DFS lineups. The other guy I'm excited about, Chris Carson. Now, some people have been kind of negative about him because, like, oh, without the touchdowns, he's not getting, you know, he's not getting the workload as much. He's not the running game is, in general is not being involved as much. I'm like, look, as long as you're on a high scoring offense and you are a workhorse running back, which Chris Carson is, and you are going to get touchdowns, that's, that's what's going to come your way. And he's an RB13 for me this week. He's a high end RB2. Wouldn't be surprised if you cracked the top 12. Not worried about 
Travis Homer, I know, played some extra third downs last week. Travis Homer is just a guy. Travis Homer is a bum. We've seen Chris Carson be very effective in the passing game. I'm not worried about that for the long term. Not Chris Carson's definitely a top must-play for me the rest of the way, and I'd be very excited to have him. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Chris Carson constantly feels like the, the type of guy who every draft season is overlooked because he's not he doesn't put up those sexy plays, right? He's um he's almost like a a newer school of Frank Gore. Like he just puts up he's just three yards, three yards, three yards, three yards. Which is you're not gonna see it on red zone, so it's not exciting. But those are the types of players that are just gonna constantly grind in week in, week out. You're gonna be able to rely on them, plug him in as your RB2, don't have to think about it. I, I don't know what more there is to say. Like if you stop being down on Chris Carson, yeah. that, that's the only thing I can say. Stop calling him more injury prone than any other running back in the NFL because it's not true. You know, it's that, yeah, it's exactly to your point. Just because he's not breaking runs like Dalvin Cook or stiff arming guys like Derrick Henry doesn't mean this isn't a guy who's just going to consistently be a great running back for you guys. So stop panicking. I'm not worried about Travis Homer either. It's, I just heard a lot of that this week and it kind of drove me crazy. Let's get into that Sunday night matchup. That'll be interesting. And that's this is actually my favorite team, the 49ers. And I'm not happy about it as a 49ers fan heading into this game, actually. Uh, Speaking on that, what is your favorite team? I'm a Packers fan. So you are best. oh perfect, perfect. This worked out for I didn't even plan this, guys. This is perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. That's awesome. You're a Packers fan. Okay. Well, let's start off with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I have must place, as you would expect, for Rodgers and Jones and Devontae Adams. Adams is my number one receiver on the week. Jones makes my top five. Rodgers is in my top six. And Robert Tanya, I have at 11 for tight end. So I have him as a streaming option. Uh, there's, we'll, we'll start with Tanya because I think there's a little more to say about that. There's a lot of people who are like, well, I'm not happy about his target share. It's not going up any. I'm like, well, that's not what made him valuable last year. It was touchdowns. Outside of Devontae Adams, I I guess I should say Aaron Jones too after the performance he had on Monday. But I think the, the number two target, especially in the red zone, is Robert Tanya. So the touchdowns, I don't expect to put up 12 maybe with the target share he's had, but I still think you're going to put up eight, which makes him a top 10 tight end most years. So where are you at on Robert Tanya? Yeah, when we were talking about Noah Fan earlier, I said, you know, you're looking for those guys that have target share or those ones that have like red zone madness. And Tonyan is one of those guys who has red zone madness. If you're looking at target share for Tonyan, he's never that guy. He was the guy who was just getting red zone looks and putting up two touchdowns from three targets. You know, that that's the player he was. So I don't think if you drafted him and you, you should have fully known that that's the player he is, you need to just keep putting him in there because... On an Aaron Aaron Rodgers led offense, he's still going to get looks in the red zone. Uh, <clears throat> my advice to anyone is, don't draft some some someone knowing what they are or aren't, and then get angry about what they are or aren't. Like you drafted Robert <laughs> Tonyan to be a red zone guy, let him be the red zone guy, and don't start getting worried about his target share. Right? Yeah, hey, 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 you hit the nail on the head. Exactly. The, why these guys draft him because they get the. You know, they get the sky hopes in their eyes when they draft these guys. Of, oh, he could do this. He's a red zone guy. He's a touchdown guy. And that's not going to go away because, I mean, they t- they talk about, oh, we want to get Randall Cobb more involved. There's no other receiver in this rotation who's ever going to be involved on a consistent basis. It's Devontae Adams and then Robert Tanyan is that other red zone guy. So that's what I'm not worried about there. This is, on paper, a tougher matchup for Aaron Jones. But as long as they get him involved in the passing game like they did against Detroit. I'm not worried about him busting, let's say, in this game 
where he's somebody sometimes that Jekyll and Hyde guy. Uh, that's why I have him at number five. I'm not worried about the matchup with him against San Francisco, which uh, outside of Fred Warner, very banged up at linebacker. So if they do get him involved in the passing game, there is a mismatch to be had for him this week. Yeah, I think the, the way they skewed this offense as well is that they, they look to get Aaron Jones in space, whether that's, you know, handing the ball off immediately or, you know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers just dumping the ball off very quickly. Um, yeah, I, I think the volume will be there for him. Uh, AJ Dillon's obviously gets involved in in some way, but this is this is Aaron Jones's offense. So yeah, it, it's plug him in. You, you drafted him as your RB one. Don't overthink it. Put him in. I think this will be a fine matchup for him. As a Packers fan, I would love to get your perspective because this cracked me up on social media when this was going around after Week One about the conspiracy theory of Rodgers. Oh, did he come back just to torpedo the Packers season? <laughs> after week one so you gotta feel better after that week two game however it did take them i was almost till halftime to really get the offense going still even against detroit so what are you looking at with rogers and this offense in general do you think that they gave him the confidence to get snapped back to it or you still have some concerns i don't really have any concerns when it comes to aaron Rodgers. um i think he he's um he's almost too prideful to to torpedo the team so when i saw that in week one i was like yeah okay funny but not true um (laughs) Yeah, he, like he he cares about his own legacy and his own records and stuff. So he's not going to be torpedoing a team just out of spite. Um, <clears throat> week two, yeah, it, <clears throat> I'd like to I'd I'd liked him to have really really just gone out there very early, like from the opening snap, and uh, just made some statements. But you know, I I don't really have have a worry with this. You know, he, he's an elite level QB who. Ironically, now he's not having to drag the team to victory. Like we have some other pieces around him, that means he doesn't need to do that. But this is a guy who can almost single-handedly win you a win you a game. Uh, you know, I you know two two three seasons ago, I was looking at him in the same way as Michael Jordan was dragging Chicago Bulls to victory. It was that kind of same thing of like, I will not lose this game. You will win because I will not accept losing. So. Um, yeah, I'm 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 fine with Aaron Rodgers going forward, and I mean, based on what I've seen from Jordan Love, it's not like we've got an immediate heir to the throne. So, no, no, I would uh, I would agree with that as well. Uh, let me hit this real quick. Breaking news. Not sure if there's much to this or not at this point, but DeAndre Hopkins listed with a rib injury is not at practice today as of right now for at least the open portion of it. So just kind of keep your eyes on that again, how severe that is, how relevant that is. We'll have to see because what we've seen in the NFL thus far, and you can comment on this. I'm sure you've noticed this as well. A lot of veterans are getting off days on Fridays. Now it's, it used to be, it was always Wednesday. Now it's turned into, no, we're actually, maybe it's a Wednesday, maybe it's a Friday. In A.J. Brown's case last year, he never practiced on Thursday. He, he would never practice, he would never, he would practice on Wednesday, practice on Friday, but never practice on Thursday. So we're seeing guys kind of rotate as far as when they get days off. I mean, what, what do you make of that and what do you think? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to veterans training or not, I'm never really worried um, about them because you know what they're going to be doing. When they, when they're out there, especially those elite players like DeAndre Hopkins, like AJ Brown, like you don't you don't need to train if you're a, a elite. Is, is my is my take? Like he's going to go out there, he's going to go make plays. DeAndre Hopkins will be DeAndre Hopkins. So yeah, I, I never really get worried about that. Um, where I typically get worried is if if they're not training for multiple days and there's no you know 
no reports from B-writers or anything to say, oh, no, it's just a rest or anything like that. That's when you get worried. That's when you start going, nah, I'm not sure if this guy's going to suit up. But, yeah, don't get worried if veterans aren't, aren't practicing at least right. one session in the week. Right. And the only reason why I wanted to bring this up because he, this is technically this would be him popping up on the injury report during the week. So just something to kind of keep an eye on. But we don't know that's anything to be worried about or not. All right. Let's go to the San Francisco side of the ball where we actually did. I did get a little bit of an update while we were on the show. Elijah Mitchell might not practice again, considered very questionable by beat writers for this Sunday. I had him as a must-play RB2 because the 49ers rushing attack has always carved up the Green Bay Packers, and right now the Packers' defense looks like it can't stop anything anyway. What's going to be really interesting here, Mitchell misses, given all the other injuries, and given that Trey Sermon is actually progressing very well through concussion protocol, he's expected to go on Sunday. After all that Shanahan shenanigans, we are going to wind up with an opportunity where Trey Sermon is going to be the lead back this week. Here's what I'll say, and I don't have my rankings updated to reflect this just as of yet. I still need to wait for more reports all updated on Saturday and Sunday. Check it out on Fantasy Pros or check it out on BaileyFantasySports.com. He'll be an RB2 for me if he is out there and there's no Elijah Mitchell and there's no Jermichael Hasty against the Green Bay Packers. So he'll be in that must-play category for me. What do you make of this backfield in this whole situation scenario? I want the 49ers starting running back. <laughs> knowing who that is week to week is the skill. Right. I think that's that's the biggest thing I can say, right? So I think right now it does seem like they are somewhat consolidating it. It's not like it used to be, uh, where there's maybe four guys taking equal amount of snaps. So, yeah, I think Sermon, I'm hoping Sermon is the guy because I drafted him in quite a few different uh, places. Um, and I actually picked him up where a lot of people dropped him after Elijah Mitchell kind of Good move came by about you. because... I picked him up just because I was like, this guy's still the same person that I thought he was at the start of the season. And, you know, I actually wondered if it was one of those situations where actually the guy that you want to own isn't the guy that's active on game day because the guy that's active, you know, Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon are too similar. So you don't want to the same guy. That's kind of where I was with picking him up. So um, either way, this Packers defense uh, stopping the running back seems somewhat optional. So... I would, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be fine starting Trey Sermon. And I think, who was the other guy who's been a, a, a really popular pickup this week? Some practice squad guy, Patrick. Patrick. Oh, uh, yeah, Jock is Patrick, uh, but he's he's a Trey Sermon type himself, and that's why I don't really understand why they signed him to begin with. He's not a difference to Trey. He's a he's a power back. He's not a speedster guy. He's not an outside guy. He's not a special teams guy. He's more of that kind of a build. So that's why I was surprised they made that move because especially. When you consider they already had carry on Johnson, who is expected to get called off from the practice squad and be on the active roster himself. He's they're the same guys. They're all the same guys. That's why I thought when they brought in Duke Johnson, when they brought in Duke Johnson, Lamar Miller, and it was somebody else on top of my head. I can't remember who it was, but I thought they were going to sign a Duke Johnson and they, that, that didn't wind up happening when they brought him in for a workout. But yeah, I, look, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Shanahan's giving me an aneurysm. I had quite a few leagues where I drafted Moster, and then like a round or two later, I drafted Sermon, thinking like, all right, one way or another, I'm going to have the starting running back of the San Francisco 49ers. And then that just completely blew up in my face after week one. So <laughs> it's, it's driving me nuts. But I do believe in Sermon's talent, but not just his talent. I believe in his fit in this offense. He fit His skill set fits what this offense wants to do. So I think once he's out there, he'll be good. And then they'll be okay. And then everything, you know, the Shanahan shenanigans can can calm down a little bit. At least I'm hoping anyway. Uh, but again, if you have Trey Sermon, you picked him up, whatever the case may be, A, keep holding on to him. This is a big reason why. Elijah Mitchell's not a big guy. He is a guy who might break down. That's why I was a little bit worried about them giving him the workload in the first place. But if he doesn't play this week, I would have confidence in playing Trey Sermon against the Green Bay Packers. So that's the mess going on in the backfield. All right. Now, I'll say this, too. If Mitchell does play, he's also an RB2 for me. I would start him. He would still be the starter in my mind, especially after watching last week. Sermon didn't get involved until he got hurt. So that was what I would do if Mitchell is does wind up playing here. The wide receivers is the other migraine. of San, Everything's a migraine in San Francisco right now. Uh, we know Debo's going to get the ball. He comes into my wide receiver 12 spot. The, pretty much the first two weeks, this entire offense has been designed around getting Debo the ball. Not George Kittle. We I'll talk about Brandon Ayuk in a second, but it's been designed specifically to get Debo Samuel the ball in space and this year down the field a little bit more than any other point in his career as well. So where are you, where are you at on Debo against the Green Bay Packers this week? Um, I think it's, it's, it's somewhat difficult to go because you've got uh, you know uh, Alexander for the Packers who's probably going to be covering Samuel. I would have thought, um, but I mean Samuel when I've when when a, a player has a big game like that, I typically go back and I want to watch the game to actually see was it busted coverage or is it just consistent? And it just seems to me like he is a playmaker. They're just looking to get him the ball in their hands and just see what happens. I mean, especially with someone who, like uh, Jimmy G at quarterback, and until uh, until that changes, he's not going to be the dynamic guy that you need to move the chains. So look look to the guys as you said earlier, be the point guard. And give it give it to your dangerous players. Debo Samuel looks really dangerous. I thought we were going to see some type of Ayuk Samuel mashup between the two throughout the season. It's not really happened. Um, but yeah, Debo Samuel is an automatic start if you if you have him. Like, don't overthink it. Yeah, one one hundred percent. Now we go to the Ayuk side. I have him as wide receiver fifty three this week. This the the good parts are this. He had a practice in full. Last two weeks, last week, his snap count went up. He was playing well ahead of Trent Sherfield. So that talk about was there going to be like a 50-50 rotation between the two? That goes out the window, thankfully, because I was going to have a conniption on that too. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, he is a... I like him in DFS this week because against the Green Bay Packers, they're going to have to put up points. I do think this is going to be a higher scoring game heading into this matchup. I don't think everything can go to Debo and George Kittle. I think Ayuk's going to have to get involved. Now, in redraft leagues, I don't see how you have any confidence in playing him, so I have some interest in DFS, 
but it wouldn't shock me if IU got going in this particular game a couple of weeks removed from the hamstring injury, playing full in practice, having a snap count go up last week, should go up even more this week at a game, the first game for them this year, where they actually are going to be forced to have to score points because they're playing a team that's just as good, if not better, than they are. I'm st- For the rest of the season, I'm holding on to Brandon Ayuk. Where are you at on Ayuk for this week and rest of the year? I think he he's a GPP play in DFS uh, for the rest of the year. The analysis I had at the offseason is still the same. He's really talented, great route runner. This offense will, you know, it kind of needs those playmaking receivers, which is why they drafted him. Um, I think that hamstring injury is, you know, just slightly derailed the start of the start of the season. I mean, I picked him up and, as a trade target where I didn't ha- when I didn't get him because for me. I, th- I think he once he gets going, and I think the way they're dealing with the hamstring injury is exactly how you need to, which is, you know, a little bit activity, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little, bit, and then you're you're good to go. Rather than just sticking him out there, seeing what happens. Oh, yeah, okay, it's just completely blown up on us. Season's over. So the Green Bay, the, the Packers secondary uh, is not good outside of Alexander. Like he's the one kind of shining light that we have. Uh, so you can you can kind of get us. At, in secondary other than um than him he's he's talented but yeah so i as i say uh gbp pickup for me um but i'm not going to be putting him in my lineups until i've seen at least one week of at least a really solid snap share and so yeah i'd maybe put him in for next week yeah i mean that's uh, this game could be where you start to play Ayuk after this week I, I'm, I'm with you on that i gotta hit this real quick breaking news Carson Wentz is out on the practice field taking drops and making passes, which I am completely shocked by with the guy who has two ankle sprains, one being a high one and one being a low one, but he is out there. So we, I mean, we know the Colts will be desperate to have him out there rather than a Brett Hundley or a Jacob Easton. So if he's out there practicing today, there's a pretty good suit up on Sunday. That doesn't mean he won't be a high injury risk on Sunday and I wouldn't play him. But if you are in a spot where you were, hoping you'll be able to play Michael Pittman. I think you can play him as a wide receiver three against Tennessee if Carson Wentz is going to be the starting quarterback. And this would boost up Jonathan Taylor a little bit for me because the offense will be a little bit better as well. Uh, So just kind of a tidbit there, but it looks like he's going to be good. And uh, just got some more news. Dalvin Cook is not going to practice again today. Left the field after stretching, so we're going to have to see exactly what his official status will be. It'll probably be questionable. We'll have to that will probably want to be a game time decision. Uh, unfortunately, that's a four o'clock game. Hopefully, we'll get some confirmation before that uh, when we head into Sunday. So that's the news coming out. Some of these injury reports are getting out here. Let's get back into San Francisco. Uh, look, without Zadarius Smith for the Green Bay Packers, there's pretty much no pass rush. So there's going to be success in the passing game. I think this is also a game where George Kittle gets right. I got him a tight end four. Uh, and I'm not panicking on George Kittle. If Kittle has a mediocre week this week, he becomes a very high priority by low candidate for me heading into the rest of the season. So where are you looking at for there? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, the Titan position, as, as we spoke about, it's there's not a lot of guys out there that you'd feel particularly confident going week in, week out. The start of the season Kittle's had is, I'd say it's more about Debo Samuel being really, really good and really effective rather than uh George Kittle not being so I would definitely be looking to trade him if I could um, because I, I think you'll you'll find a lot of owners that will just sell really cheap I mean 
you might even find some ca- I mean, I don't know how casual your league is, but in some real casual leagues, you might even have some some guys just drop him just because they're frustrated that they drafted him so high and he's done nothing. You know, emotion gets over drop. So yeah, I would say that's exactly it. I mean, he's the type of player you can put in your tight end spot week in, week out and feel good about good about it. So no reason to make that change. I mean, this is a good fantasy football tip teaching moment. Yeah, know your league. If you guys know you have emotional players who, you know, will overreact one way or another on any one given performance. I mean, this is why buy low and sell higher things to begin with, because you're counting on the emotion of the other players in your league. So know your league. If you know somebody who has George Kittle and they're a bit of a hothead, this, this, it's a good time to try to buy low on him because he's going to be great. He's going to finish, as long as he's healthy, he's going to finish the top three tight end by the end of the year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's get into the Monday night game. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys. This should be a decent game. I want to ask you this real quick. Uh, are, have you been watching the regular broadcast or do you watch, well, it's actually at night, so you're probably watching it the next day anyway, but have you seen any of the Peyton Eli broadcasts uh, for, these ES, for these Monday night ESPN games? I haven't, to be honest. Uh, I, awesome. I typically watch a lot of the the. Well, I'm after. I will try and catch it. So I typically the Monday night game. I because my phone blows up with all the results and everything like that. Anyway, and I want to get back into the swing of things. So with content and things, uh, I typically watch the Monday night. Game, so uh, maybe I'll maybe this week I'll try and watch the, the full length thing. So that'd be good. Yeah, I, I I absolutely love it. First of all, you learn a lot about football, and uh, between those two, I just find it funny. Peyton does like 99% of the talking. Eli has like a statement here and there, and they usually have a third person as a guest that they'll bring on. They'll bring on a different guest throughout the entire broadcast. Watched it last week. It was it was really a lot of fun. Uh, this game, though, Jalen Hurts must play. He First of all, he always has that rushing ability, but you saw even last week in a game in which they put up 11 points, Jalen Hurts still had a great fantasy game for you guys. I love the matchup here against Dallas. He comes in at QB5 for me, and I think he's going to be a must-start top-10 quarterback rest of season. Where are you at on that? Yeah, he's there just because of that rushing ability. So if you're a rushing quarterback, it's very difficult to finish lower than like a high-end QB2. It's just it's really difficult to finish anything lower than that because of how many points you'll get from rushing. I mean, we, we've seen seasons and seasons of this. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts, you, you likely drafted him as a, as a top QB in your league. So until you have a reason to not play him, I think you have to. And against Dallas, this isn't a, a defense that really makes me worried um, for, for his fancy output. So I think you go with it. Yeah, 100%. Miles Sanders comes in at RB18 for me on the week. I do like his matchup without Demarcus Lawrence. The Cowboys are going to be susceptible more so to the run than I think they would have been previous to. Uh, I I do I talked about this on Tuesday, though. I want to reiterate, if Kenneth Gainwell is available in your leagues, pick him up. Because to me, it's just a matter of time before Sanders breaks down. He's not a guy I think can hold up on a 17-game season with the workload he's been getting. And Kenneth Gainwell looks every bit as good, if not maybe even more explosive than a Miles Sanders. So when he gets an opportunity, I don't think he's going to go away necessarily. So Kenneth Gainwell, if he's still available in your leagues, please pick him up. Uh, not going to play him this week, but Miles Sanders do like him quite a bit. And Devonta Smith, 
I have met wide receiver 25. I wouldn't be surprised if he finished inside the top 24 this week. The only reason I don't have him ranked inside the top 24 is because Diggs on the on Dallas Cowboys, he's a legitimate quarter. And he's probably going to be matched up on Devonta Smith more times than not. But that's been the number one guy. Even though he had a bad week last week productivity-wise, still at seven targets. He had eight targets the week before. And that's Jalen Hurts' guy right now. That's his favorite target. So I really like Devonta Smith as a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. Where are you? Yeah. I, I, <clears throat> it's the same thing. We, we've spoken about this a few times before as well. So um, with uh, even low level, just because the sheer amount of targets it will get, he's he's going to be fantasy viable. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think fire him up. I think, f- for me, the biggest part of this receiving offense, though, is going to be uh, Dallas Goddard for me. That's the guy I really want to be playing in this game. So um, I guess we'll just move on to tight end as a result. But yeah, Dallas Collett is the, is the guy that, uh, that I think is going to be the most viable. Dallas Cowboys haven't been that good against tight ends. And with the target share that he should get, because the Eagles don't actually have that many receivers. Uh, I know they got Jalen Rager, but uh, he he should be seeing a healthy target share. So he's he's very much... Uh, I, think, I think he's in my, in my tight end... He's in my top twelve, I think, for this for this week. I think he's. I think I want to say he's number seven this week, but I can't remember. I'd need to check. <laughs> well, if he's number seven, you're a little bit higher than I am. But I do have him inside my top twelve as well. I have him at tight end ten, uh, and and the only thing really holding him back is is unfortunately the split that's still going on between him and and Zach Ertz as far as playing time goes. Now, I think last week Ertz actually wound up running two more routes than he did. I know he was on the COVID-19 list earlier in the week, but they're saying that they're pretty confident he's going to be able to suit up for this game. As it stands right now, things may change. We have to keep our eyes on that. But as of right now, I'm ranking Goddard as if Ertz is going to be able to play in this game, which is why it comes at a tight end 10 for me. I The big thing about last week was that they both had to stay in and block quite a bit, and that's what kind of killed both of their values on top of usurping one another for targets. This week, they shouldn't have that same issue. Again, without Lawrence... They don't have the same passing ru- pass rush in Dallas. I don't anticipate Goddard and Ertz having to block quite as much. I expect them to be as involved in this passing game as any of the wide receivers outside of Devonta Smith. So I'm with you. This is a week I'm not having any fear in plugging and playing a Dallas Goddard either. And that's pretty much what I'm sticking to when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now on the Cowboys side of the ball, Amari Cooper is still listed as questionable heading into this game. We'll see what his practice level is like dealing with a rib issue. Uh, he is a, a legitimate questionable for heading into Monday night. So we're going to have to watch this, but if he's out there, he's my wide receiver 16. Just the, the target cons- con- consolidation that goes on without Michael Gallup that now goes to Cooper and CD lamb. I don't care if whoever's going to get matched up on Darius Slade in this game. It doesn't bother me because they're both going to be top 24 wide receivers. I actually have them both in the top 20 this week. Where are you at on the Mari Cooper and CD lamb heading into this matchup? Yeah, I, I have no reason to think that they're not going to be uh, right right at the top of the positional scoring. This this Eagles defense doesn't really fight me all that much at all. Um, <clears throat> both of those guys are elite, uh, great route runners. Dax looking pretty decent as well. Um, so I, I think that Dallas offense is, is going to fire. And as I said, this Eagles defense doesn't really worry me at all. So I, th- I think I've got I think I've got both of them r- roughly where, where you said you had them as well. So uh Michael Gallup is is a bit of a frustrating one because I kind of had some sneaky hopes of him and then I thought with Cooper maybe struggling a little bit with the injury uh, that he was going to see more more work but you just have to take it as you as you can. Yeah, I'm with you on that as well. I'm not worried about that. And 
Also, what are you making out of the Zeke Elliott Tony Pollard situation? I'm still telling people who have Zeke, please don't panic. I have his RB9 going into this week, although the Eagles are pretty tough against the run. But he's still playing double the snaps of a Tony Pollard. Now, what's making Tony Pollard interesting is the insane efficiency rate in which he's being utilized when he's on the field. Is there anything you're worried about if Zeke were to stay healthy, him just losing more and more work to Pollard? Or are you just like, look, as long as he's out there, he's a lead guy. You have nothing to worry about, even if Pollard's involved. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of where I'd be. And I, I mean, I think we could even see a situation where, you know, it's similar to how, how the Saints used to work with Ingram and Kamara. Like Pollard could be the Kamara with the insane uh, efficiency and Zeke could be the... the Ingram, where it's just you know volume and kind of just touches. So I mean, don't don't be worried if you've got Zeke Elliott that he's going to be losing loads of work. Frankly, the Cowboys have invested too much money into him for him to not be on the field. So yeah, just stick him in your lineup. Don't overthink it. Yeah, I have RB nine. I do have Pollard inside my top thirty six, just because again the, they use him when he's on the field and he's so explosive. But uh, he's not going to have a high floor in any given week. He's just the top handcuff to me in my mind who maybe he works his way into consistent flex conversation. Dak comes in at QB 12. I know he had a bad week last week. I'm not expecting the same thing to happen this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. You drafted Dak to be your starting quarterback. You continue to play Dak as your starting quarterback. Do you have any concerns there? No, none at all. Uh, exactly what you said. You, you drafted Dak in you know, towards the top end of your draft. Put him in. Until you have a reason to not put him in, you need to put him in. Yeah. All right. So guys, let's go ahead. Let's get into the mailbag segment. Let's talk about that. We got some. We got four questions lined up now. As always, if you ever want to get on the mailbag segment, all you got to do hit us up on social media at BillyUpMDFFShow. We'll answer every question that you put out there. I select a few of my favorites, put them on the show, and we give you guys a shout out there. So first up, we got Jeff. He asked Edwards Alaire or Damian Harris rest of season in PPR. <laughs> Oh, that's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because it is. my gut my gut says I want to say Edwards Hilaire because he's part of the Kansas City offense. But I think that's because my head is saying he's the starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, so he should be the answer. Um, Damien Harris for me has definitely had a ma- massive improvement going forwards. I think you know with the fact that Cam Newton's not there, stealing the red zone work, Damien Harris is very very viable. Um, I think it, it, I mean re- rest of season. I think I think I'd I'd probably go Harris just because he's got he's kind of locked into a bit of a workload there, and um and he's getting those red zone looks and the up and down someone else have that headache and the emotional roller coaster. Yeah, I I, I had to go with Harris. I had to go with Harris as well. There's just there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. This is a big week for Edwards Hilaire. If he can't get it done in a decent way at the very least against the Chargers. I don't know when you're expecting to have a very good game, or at least not a game where you drafted him to be. So yeah, I think I'd rather have Damian Harris because I know exactly what his role is. I'm going to know exactly when to play him based on the matchup as well. Uh, Odell, he not Odell Beckham, I don't think, but Odell asked a question. Trade Harris and Mike Davis for Aaron Jones. I'm, I'm assuming he means Damian Harris. So Damian Harris and Mike Davis for Aaron Jones. If you can get that deal done, yeah. I don't know who's trading Aaron Jones after last week. Uh, but uh yeah, uh yeah, pull the trigger, Odell. Yeah, one hundred percent. Don't even think it. Bite that hand off. Yeah. And I, the arm. Bite it all off. Right up to the <laughs> shoulder. 
bites <laughs> off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this just this is a classic example of there's crazy things that happen in home leagues. So know your leagues because sometimes you get deals done like this that make no sense. Uh, Sean, should I trade Javante Williams for Tony Pollard? I have Zeke. I think this is a little bit of an interesting question. I would lean towards no because I still think Javante Williams, A, he's more of a viable play from a week-to-week basis, I still think, than Tony Pollard because of his playing time. And B, I, he does unlike Pollard who needs a Zeke injury to become an RB1, I don't think Javante Williams needs Melvin Gordon to get injured. I think he could possibly overtake him by the end of the season. So I would lean towards no, but it's closer than it would have been probably a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting question because it brings up that the whole thing of uh, you know, it, the efficiency of Pollard. Can you rely on that? <clears throat> um, I think ultimately for me, I think I'd lean towards no as well. I'd, I'd want Williams because, as you said, Pollard, Pollard needs to go. Uh, Zeke needs to go down for Pollard to be relevant, and I'd much rather have uh, two guys that I can stick my lineup week to week. Um, which you're not going to have. You're not going to be putting Zeke and Pollard in your starting lineup pretty much any week. So I'd much rather have Javante Williams and be able to mix and match matchups if I needed to. If Zeke really did fall off a cliff, then um, you can do that. Agreed. And last question of the day, Gerald, he asked, should I drop Tannehill for Justin Field in a QB1 league when I have Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Gerald, I'm not going to answer your question. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a fantasy football advice in general. You have Aaron Rodgers. Stop in a one QB league. Stop messing around with the second quarterback. Stop wasting a roster spot to begin with. Why are you asking me questions about should I drop Tannehill for Justin Fields when you already have Aaron Rodgers? When are you going to bench Rodgers for either one of those guys? Either trade him away or open up that roster spot for something that might actually help you down the road. It makes no sense to me. I don't don't know where you're at, Rich. I mean, for me, my my question would be, I wouldn't have picked up Tannehill. Um, if I had a Rogers, because for me, if I've got Rogers, I'm, I might take a late um, shot on a QB, but it's going to be the type of Justin Fields or something where, you know, or Trey Lance, who was getting a lot of off season buzz, because what I really want is I want a guy who, who he could just go nuclear and, you know, then it becomes a headache for me, Rogers, or this guy who just goes bananas. Um, you're never going to be in a week where you're saying, oh, I'm going to start Ryan Tannehill over Aaron, Aaron Rogers, because you know who Tannehill is. Justin Fields with rushing ability and all of that, you don't you didn't know what he was going to be going into the season. So that's that's more of the confusing thing for me. Um I would agree with you. You've got Aaron Rodgers. Probably just just leave it, have the bench spot, do something else interesting with it, take a shot at RB. I mean you could you could have drafted um I mean not Tyson Williams, because no one really expected him to be the guy, but you know, you could have drafted like a late round uh running back. You could have had Eli Mitchell. And then you could have saved all of that fab. Um, to answer his question, yeah, I would. Because you don't know what you've got in Justin Fields. And with the rushing ability that he has, he could get this uh, Chicago Bears offense moving forward. But I'd probably be looking to do something else with that spot instead. Yeah, I like the answer there. Guys, it's going to do it for the show. I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll be back tomorrow night from 9.30 to 10.30 for the DFS, the MD's DFS contest show and our lock bets heading into week three. We're going to win you guys some money tomorrow night. Mr. Chaz Flaherty from Sports Betting Weekly is going to come on. Rich, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the show. I had a wonderful time doing it with you. I hope we can have you on again at some point in the future. Just let the crowd know, you know where they can follow you at and what are some of the things you're working on now. Yeah, so you, um, you can follow my work at kingfancysports.com. Got a great team of writers over there producing content week in, week out. Uh, social media, where we have it, we're at kfancy underscore sports. So, yeah, connect. We're always happy to to help start sick questions, anything like that. We've got a Discord server as well. So, 
yeah, there's a bunch of different things that we're working on. So drop in, have a chat, have some fun. Absolutely. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Show. Subscribe to the MD's Fantasy Football Show channel and download us on your favorite pod streaming app. Catch us tonight from 6 to 7.30 on the Unhinged Radio Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We'll see you guys throughout the weekend. Make sure to check out bailiupfantasysports.com for our rankings. We'll be updating that as we get these injury reports out. Everybody, take care. We'll see you tomorrow night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com.